0: Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio with 89.1 FM radio. I'm in the station here with our station engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my good friend and assistant, David Abud. Good morning, David. Good
1: morning,
2: Jan.
0: So here we are. It's the last week of the year. We have Christmas just uh, two days away. Uh, so we're very happy to be in our station here on Kansas Avenue, Lorraine, Ohio. Our Number here, of course, if you want to live stream us is www.wnzn.org, or if you'd like to call in, that's 440-399-3044, 399-3044. Well, with Christmas two days away, David, I think it's only appropriate we continue our study and discussion that we started last week on Christmas. Yes. And particularly prophecy in Christmas, that this event just didn't happen out of nowhere, you know, in the historical record, this was actually prophesied. It was predicted, five hundred years, a thousand years, way back to Genesis chapter three, where we we're looking at. And I want to pick up on that today. And uh, the listeners, maybe somebody has a question or they have some insight. Uh, we'd like you to call in as we dive into this. So last week I started out with the scripture in First Timothy chapter three, uh, verse sixteen, where it says, "And without any doubt." Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Now, this is the key, of course, with Christmas, is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The fact that infinite God became an infant. Eternal God, no beginning, no end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Entered into space and time. At a certain time, at a certain place, he was born. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, the world's never been the same again. Uh, We date our calendar, uh, B.C., before Christ, or A.D., Anno Domini, the year of the Lord, after the birth of Jesus Christ. So it's pretty important uh, that we look at this and we look at the fact that a lot of this was predicted, it was prophesied, and we had talked about that uh, last week. So David, maybe you can pick up on one or two of the points that we were looking at in particular. That when Jesus come, Micah 5.2 says, he would be born in Bethlehem. right? because there was two Bethlehems in the Holy Land at that time, and this was the smaller of the two Bethlehems. Even today, when you leave Jerusalem, it's about five miles south of Jerusalem, uh, you can see this little town of Bethlehem. Of course, it's grown a bit now, but Bethlehem was very important because first and foremost, that was the city where David was born. That's why it was called the City of David. The other thing is, of (laughs) course, Bethlehem, Beth means house of, lahem is bread the house of bread and of course we know that jesus is the true bread come down from heaven he's the true manna that came down Mm -hmm. from heaven and another reason is the book of ruth is located way back in the old testament it happens in the city of bethlehem and of course there's much interest in the book of ruth because that introduces the principle of what's known as the kinsman redeemer boaz Mm -hmm. so if somebody was going to buy back the land and buy this person and, and be married to this person They had to be a near relative, what's called kinsmen. And, of course, for us to be redeemed, it couldn't be an angel. It couldn't be a lamb. It couldn't be an oxen. It needed to be a man who was lost through the first Adam is going to be regained through the second Adam, as it says in the Scripture. And, of course, God would enter in the God-man, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, you know, John, we were talking about it in the the car this morning, and I was honest with you and said I had no idea that there was actually two um, Bethlehems. And uh, Ephraim, it just shows you the amazing minute details of the Bible mm. um, You know, we have uh, prophecies of Christ to be born in Bethlehem, as we said We have prophecies that, you know, born of a virgin uh, Mary in Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son And we will call him Emmanuel And then we have prophecy as descendants of Abraham in Genesis Um, So, you know, as I started to look at that with you, you know, I I realized that um, when you take a look at this book, especially with the minute details, there was a a mathematician, uh, there's a book out by Peter Stoner called Science Speaks. And what it does is it shows the Bible prophecy proves that Jesus was truly God in the flesh. He was chairman of mathematics and astronomy at the uh, Pasadena City College in 1953. And what he did is he took a look at the first section uh, of his book, talks about the scientific validity of Genesis and the account of creation. And what he says, and and I'm getting to um, where I wanna go with this, is he points out that his copy of the Young's General Astronomy published in 1898 is full of errors, yet the Bible written over 2,000 years ago, is devoid of scientific error. For example, the shape of the earth is mentioned in Isaiah 40, 22. Gravity can be found in Job 26, 7. Ecclesiastes 1, 6 mentions atmospheric circulation. And it goes on and on. And, you know, as, as we come forward and we look at the birth of Jesus, these prophecies, again, are exact there is no error. Right. And they're written 700 years, 1,200 years before the birth of Christ.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you look at laws of probability, David, it just can't happen. You know, the, these things. What we call this is convergence of prophecy. All these lines of prophecy converge on the person of Jesus Christ right. at yeah. that particular time. And you you especially see this happening at his birth and at his death. Mm-hmm. All this multiple multiplication of prophecies, predictions. For example... In Isaiah chapter 9 uh, the famous one where it says in verse 6 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given now that's very important because in his humanity Jesus was born a child is born I know this I just this past week I became a grandfather again I had two little I had a little granddaughter born and a little grandson born and um, a child is born that's the story of, of humanity but it says a son is given yeah. See, that's his eternal nature. Jesus mm-hmm. was always the son mm-hmm. in the Godhead, with the, yeah. with the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave, yes. given, his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. So you see, a child is born, his humanity, son is given, his deity, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. In other words, he's going to rule, his name shall be called Wonderful. How many times do people look at the miracles of Jesus and they said they marveled? Yes. They wondered, what's going on? This, you know. He's counselor. That means he's the one who advises and gives us truth and insight. He's the mighty God. Who they yeah. calling call him? The mighty God that's yeah. going to be born. Who could fill that bill? Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. This is what the world really needs. The world is desperately seeking peace. Yes. And individuals yes. are seeking peace. Are they yeah. not? Yes. This holiday Absolutely. season. They're looking for peace. Yes. Well, nobody can bring us peace until we have, in our life, and our families, families are in discord today, are they not? Yes. Nations are in discord. Why? Because we haven't made the prince of peace the prince of our lives. Mm-hmm. And then it'll go on to say, the increase of his government and peace shall be no end. In other words, it's eternal. Upon the throne of David, then it says his kingdom will be forever. Now, notice this one is going to be from the lineage of David. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got to come from the tribe of Judah, kingly line, and that his throne will be forever. David, his thing ended 3,000 years ago, but this coming one, he's going to hit. Now, always remember this about Jesus. He was born a king, Mm -hmm. and he died a king, okay? Wise men came to worship him, and they said, Where is the king of the Jews? Pilate, when he executed Jesus what did he put above the cross? King of the Jews Jews. Jesus is the king of kings he's the lord of lords it doesn't matter if people agree, disagree this is what the bible clearly when Jesus comes he preached the kingdom of God and through his power he indicated kingship kingship over what? over nature Mm -hmm. he could rule the waves in a storm over demonic, Mm -hmm. demons he could Mm -hmm. cast out demons over death he could give life over sin. He says, "I can forgive sin." Do you understand? Yeah. Over disease, he's showing kingliness he is, yeah. here. Yeah. See, yeah. if a king can't display power, he's not a king. Mm-hmm. He could be just imagine he's a king. But this is who this Jesus is. And of course, as you study this, you'll see Jesus is manifest in the flesh. God is. This is so clear here yeah. that people have a hard time arguing with why would you call him a mighty God and he's gonna have an everlasting throne. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, real quick, I wanna give a shout out to uh, my sister-in-law. My wife's sister, Darlene, is visiting us up from Florida. She's a new listener this morning. And uh, actually, Wanda, we are getting in, listeners are calling in, or they are on Facebook, are they not? We're getting some yes, good response. Yes, absolutely, they and, are, uh, yes. Yeah. So we welcome Darlene to Cleveland and, and to be listening to the show this morning with her sister, my wife, Marie. Also, but, John, mm-hmm. we
1: have uh, Dr. Kim Richards, Listening in. She lives in Ohio, but she and her husband are vacationing in South America. And she texted me this morning and said she's listening in. Oh, from South America. (laughs) okay, Buenos (laughs) dias. Fantastic. (laughs) Feliz Navidad.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, this is really, you know, when we look at this show, and it's been a blessing, you know, this past year as we look back that we've, we've been able to be here, to be on the air. Yes. And we've had some amazing guests. You know, Dr. Sang, the Christian mm-hmm. psychiatrist. We had the, some Cleveland Browns yes. on with yes. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes. We have the AIDS yep. uh, campaign in, in mm-hmm. Ghana mm-hmm. and in and, and different parts of Africa. You know, it's just amazing. And, and I go with into the new year with expectation, you know, yes. what God is going to be doing in our yes. midst. Maybe we're going to do a show from Israel, maybe in Thailand. We'll be doing some traveling this coming year. But just to get reports like that, Wanda, that somebody's listening to us in a distant country, it's very encouraging. Yes, Yes.
2: and um, recently we heard from your son that we have listeners in Los Angeles. We have some ministers that are really searching their faith. They they were Muslim followers. They're starting to look at other things. I got a package from uh, Florida with some people uh, this Christmas that have been uh, listening to our show. So, John, I mean, when we started off on this, you know, we put it in God's hands. And you know, I think what's important this holiday season is—you know—we're on this show and we're we're verifying that you know the book is divine, mm-hmm. uh, that these prophecies are real, that this is the Son of God who has come to save our sins. But what this really is all about—it's—it's it's how we move forward. It, it, it's how we move forward once we become Christians. And you know, the 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 main thing for me—we went to this leadership uh, conference, uh, Tristan and I, at our church. And they were talking about good leaders, and they went from slide to slide. It was our interim pastor. And as we started to look at the character traits of good leaders, I said, Tristan, who does that resemble the most? And it was Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. especially because, you know, um, when you take a look at how he came into the world, Mm -hmm. you know, just the the humble nature of him, how much love he conveyed, uh, just his compassion for other people. Um, he cared about other people more than he cared about where he needed to go with them. And, and, and that was really uh, the, the thing that changed my heart is once I started to, to get into this, I realized uh, that that's exactly what he was doing. He wasn't forcing me to jump on his boat. He was inviting me to do that. And you know, now that we've done that, John, and we've, we talked about all the things, Wanda, before the show that have yes. happened to us, yes. and I, I'm, th- there, there is no other way... To, to be in this world, especially with the supernatural, um, if you are a follower of Christ, you just can't believe the many gifts he gives you. Yeah. It's just amazing. It all starts with the excitement of his birth mm. uh, here in a couple days.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right, David. You know, when I was, um, my little daughters, Anne uh, and Mary, were little, I used to ask them, I'd say, why is it on your birthday you get gifts, on my birthday I get gifts, but on Christmas everybody gives? it's a gift and they said because jesus is a giver of gifts yeah and that was loaded with theology <clears throat> <clears throat> right. why is it even unbelievers around the world even when we lived in bangkok decorated and there was something about this man's birthday that he's not getting gifts But everybody gets a gift. It it, it almost compels us, Mm -hmm. oh, get a gift for this person. Get a gift. Even people that are, you know, why? Because that's Jesus. Why is it hospitals, clinics, leprosarium, AIDS hospices, literacy? All of these organizations started because of this this man was born in a stable. Why has the world changed? Uh, forever like that you know when you really look at it from Uh a historical point of view
2: yeah and he didn't have material possessions again we're looking at the leadership qualities and i said tristan he was the best brand builder in the world and you Mm -hmm. think about how many people are following him and the growth of the christian faith and how he lived his life it's unbelievable he never traveled more than 100 miles away from his home
0: consider this david yeah the manger he was born in was borrowed yeah. The grave he was buried in was borrowed. Yeah. Mm. He says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Yeah. He came into this world. He walked through this world. He There's nothing that suggests he owned anything mm-hmm. other than the robe that he wore. Right, That they gambled for. Yes. But he... He every this. I, I challenge people sometimes when I do uh, workshops at colleges. I says you should examine the life of Jesus if for no other reason he's so different than any other religious founder. Yes. Most of them have an encounter or something happens, the Buddha, Mohammed, Lao Tzu, Confucius, something, and then they get a following, they have a teaching, and they usually die about age 60, 70 years old. Not so Jesus. We have a three-year window on his ministry. Mm-hmm. Three wow. years, am I right? Yeah. And he dies yeah, a three. criminal's death. Yeah, right. Why is it 2,000 years later mm-hmm. he is so impactful drunkards become sober impure people become pure people mm-hmm. are willing to lay down their life mm-hmm. for him give it all up and go to a distant land to share the good news of the gospel why is that yeah why mm-hmm. is that unless he is alive yeah yes. yeah you know Mother-
2: so the, the you know as you look back at it uh, we've been watching some of these uh, movies um, these true stories where these atheists were converted and one of the things that, that they always pull is, one of the arguments is, well, women came to the tomb first. Right. And then you start to realize that the apostles knew, that they knew who they were walking with on the planet, so they kept the story the way it was. Right. Yeah. And they knew that if people saw that they mm-hmm. kept the story the way it was, that they would eventually have that light bulb to go off and say, this had to have been real. Mm-hmm. Why would they have, have left these women mm-hmm. in there as the first discover discoverers of Christ's empty tomb? and and it was throughout it was in several books and and they realized keep the story truthful this is yes. what happened god knows this is what happened and this is what he wanted recorded to change the world. Yeah. And so when, when I started to look back at all that stuff, that's the incredible thing about it, John.
0: Well, you're right, David. Back I mean, in that time, yeah. a woman's testimony was, was not even considered valid in a court right. of law. Right. And to mm. have women be the first one to witness to the resurrection, mm-hmm. if you wanted to make a fable or a story, you wouldn't have that happening. You would insert your leadership, exactly. being the right. first ones. Right. The other thing is, why is it that the church started in Jerusalem? The very place that they executed the leader, certainly his followers would have been terrified <laughs> unless money. they knew that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. And then it was game on. Yes, they're in the very center right. of hostilities. They say it doesn't matter because right. Jesus told us, "I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." Yes, they mm. they they went right into the enemy camp yes. and says, "We'll yeah. start it here."
2: Yeah. You talk <laughs> about having an Iron Man, uh, you know, outfit yeah. on. Yeah. I mean that,
0: that's that's the way they
2: must have felt with their faith. And the but, world's
0: never been the same again, David. They it's didn't just...
2: care. Yeah, they were just gonna—they were gonna move forward. And so you're right. It's—it's it's amazing to me. And, and the more the more we look at it together, uh, the more I'm just amazed that I never saw it before. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Porter also—I—I kind of like statistics, but you know, he looked at the fact that there were over 108 prophecies yeah. that Jesus fulfilled. He said, if you just figure out that he just fulfilled eight of the 108. And you divide that number by the estimate of the number of people who had lived since the time of these prophecies, 88 billion. Wow. Okay, the probability then is 1 in 100 quad trillion. Wow. That he was who he said he was. So 88 billion people were born during the time Mm -hmm. uh, and only 8 of the prophecies fulfilled the 108. And that's the statistic.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the probability... One in quad trillion. Let me read this, David. This is from the last book of the Old Testament. And again, Christians didn't write the Old Testament. It was a finished volume 400 years before the start of the Christian faith. It says this in chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet, my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight and behold, he shall come, says the Lord. So it tells us a lot here. It says, God is saying, before I come, I'm going to send my messenger. He'll prepare the way. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, whom you see, <clears throat> many people were looking for the Messiah, <clears throat> will come to his temple. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. means the temple had to be still in existence when the Messiah comes. The temple was destroyed when? 70 A.D. Mm. Mm. So this Messiah person Mm -hmm. that's going to be born of a virgin, does miracles, all this, establishes a covenant, is going to come to the temple, but he has to come before 70 A.D. Yeah. Who Uh, fills the bill? Yeah. (laughs) You you know, again, if people are interested and they'll just look at the evidence, Mm -hmm. where does it take you? Yeah. In a court of law, you know Wanda better than me, but... Yes. you're looking for a preponderance of evidence. How do yes. you tip the scale? Mm-hmm. Well, what we're talking about this morning keeps tipping the scale mm-hmm. that it's true. Absolutely. You see? Yes. And of course, these are all objective. Mm-hmm. There you can prove it. You can look at it. The subjective side, Jesus says in John chapter 7, verse 17, if you'll continue in this doctrine, you will know it's true. Mm-hmm. You will know it's true at a personal level. Yes. He says in Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul says, you, once you're a believer, you're there's something in your spirit that cries out, Abba Father. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have this new mm-hmm. impulse, this new, uh, within your spirit. Those are subjective, but if you want to approach it, you could approach it uh, objectively look at the prophecies, you could approach it historically, what was the impact on all of human history? You can approach it personally, here's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. You see, how what, mm-hmm. you can come at it from all different angles. Did mm-hmm. you no, no, no. okay so that, that that's what it's saying here he's going to come suddenly the same thing it says in isaiah 40 he's going to be the one a voice crying in the wilderness this coming uh one that's going to prepare the way so you look at it like this you have three blocks the first block is pre-christ what is all the old testament saying about this coming messiah mm-hmm. really it's one singular story it's this coming perfect person perfect sacrifice is going to come the other thing, the other block is what is it like when he comes, what we would call the Gospels. What is it? Mm-hmm. And the third block is what happens after he leaves mm. this past 2,000 years. Well, again, each of these blocks, if you look at them, are, are wonderful. They're, they're incredible, all the prophecies, all the predictions. Then you look at his life, look. If, if people don't believe in him, who's coming up with these parables? The, yeah. the, the parable of the prodigal son, secular writers say, it's mm-hmm. the greatest short story ever written with so many few words that had so much drama, so much insight, so much redemptive mm-hmm. themes in mm-hmm. just a little short chapter. Mm-hmm. Who gave us the Sermon yeah. on the Mount? Who yeah. gave us, let alone the miracles? You see, and then post what happened in the 2000 years you know mm-hmm. people will say well what about the crusades or what about the inquisition well oh yeah when when we as if we declare ourselves the believers and we go counter to the teaching of Christ we should be held accountable jesus told peter hey put the sword away remember when he cut off the servants here in yeah. the garden that's not what we're about and when a believer does those kind of things they're outside of god's intended will mm-hmm. but if you look at and i've traveled parts of the world david wound up i've seen <laughs> leprosy colonies that they started and that was the worst disease back then now in manaram hospital in central thailand what used to be a leprosy hospital is now for aids hosp- people wow. that are recovering from aids it's, i've seen orphanages i've seen where people hospitals nurses are being trained in foreign countries you see food distribution, you see literacy, you see the justice system, yeah. uh, prison reform. I mean, we've got a long way to go, don't get me wrong, but w- what, what ignited this stuff? Yeah. What started? Was it Confucius? Yeah. Was it Muhammad? No, it was the Nazarene. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah. go and do likewise. Yeah. Why that kind of impact on humanity? Mm. Well, so, Jan,
2: um, I guess what you're saying then is after the birth of Christ, uh, the world started to get more towards the way it was in the Garden of Eden. Good things started to happen. I mean, I I think that's the important part, is is that's where the great change occurred. Life was never the yes. same again. He he yeah. he
0: he, he impacted, he dented this this world, so to speak. You know, he he, he reoriented it. And yeah. therefore somebody would said to me once, Well why with all this evil and sin in the world, why doesn't God do something? Mm-hmm. And what I said was God has done something. Mm-hmm. God is doing something. God will ultimately do something. Mm-hmm. You see, it's not like God has abandoned us, but he has done something if you study what he's done in oh, the yeah. past. He is doing something. And when you see lives change today mm-hmm. and, 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 and and murderers are converted and, and drug addicts are cured and alcoholics come to Christ and families are healed and husbands stay at home with their wife and raise their children you see these things happening but ultimately when he returns as king of kings and lord of lords every knee shall bow every tongue confess that jesus and he'll make everything right Mm -hmm. again that's what we call it so yeah he has done something he is doing something he will ultimately do something so that's the grand scheme of it that is the good but coming back to christmas that's what started and amidst all the wrapping paper and all the hubbub mm-hmm. and the shopping malls, we lose that. you know. And, we, we and I, I'm not against all the uh, gift giving, don't get me wrong, but what is the essence of it? Mm-hmm. Is that Christ, Chris Mott, uh, he entered in, God entered in, and he's and he's in that little, you know, if a king's going to be born, you won't have him born in a stable. No. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, that's why God's ways are not our ways, his yeah. thoughts are higher than our yeah. thoughts. When I lived in Thailand, I went to the museum near the the grand palace of the kings. They used to have the king of Siam and the king of Thailand, blah, blah. And you go into this museum and you see one room was the nursery for the prince, where the prince was going to be born. And that would later become the king. And the cradle was like was like silver and gold and it was inlaid with precious stones. And the mosquito netting was real refined silk. This was from the 1800s. It was mm-hmm. a museum. And I said, that's how a prince is to yeah. be born. And that's a... In a stable Mm -hmm. with animals coming around Mm -hmm. and shepherds, only God would do that. Because the meek, see how far Jesus descends, Mm -hmm. uh, Philippians 2, though being God, he did not think it equal with God. He descends to become a man, even a servant. He keeps coming down, even to be born in a lowly stable.
2: So I guess the real question then is what did God, I mean, God did that to get our attention so that Christ wasn't like any other king that was born and so when you look back at the story you can't believe you know i think isn't that where the attraction is where you're were you just in awe that the son of god came into the world that way yeah because, because you, you look could, back at the story you couldn't
0: have been more humbler yeah you know you see yeah. in other words who were the first visitors at the maternity right. ward mm-hmm. you know you when my, my granddaughter and grandson were born last week well who's the first ones to go his family and yeah. the doctors are all there but these are lowly shepherds. Right. That was like the Mante. lowest class job you uh-huh. could have, watching sheep at night right. on a lonely hill. But these are the ones that God invited to see the, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Why? Because God comes after the meek and the humble. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you study shepherds from Abel all the way through Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, all the way through, what was their occupation? Shepherd. Huh. And now the good shepherd comes. Yeah, now the good shepherd. So it's only in... Uh, Curious that it would be shepherds that would be the ones that would go to the maternity ward and find this little baby. We'll pick this up <laughs> okay. on the flip side. Uh, thank you, Wanda, okay. for that song. Welcome back. This is John Murtha coming to you from Power eighty nine one point one FM Radio, out of lorraine Ohio, and I'm in the station today with our engineer Wanda Ewing. Hi, Wanda. Good morning. And David. David abud Good to have you. Good David. morning. And so this is our last show before the before Christmas, and you know when you think about it, 2017. Uh, 2017 what? Well, it's 2017 years from the birth of Jesus. Yeah. And when you think our birth date is based on his birth date, that should cause people, you know, to wonder, wow, that's interesting. Why mm-hmm. him? Why not <clears throat> Caesar Augustus or Napoleon or Einstein or something, you know? Yeah. But that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just the importance of this singular life. Right. And so we were looking at some of the prophecies, David, some of the mm-hmm. predictions. A, the place where Jesus was born was given in Micah 5, 2. He'd be born yeah. in Bethlehem. But also some would suggest that even the time. It says in Galatians chapter 4, 4, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law. Well, God has a strict calendar or time scale. And Jesus came at the precise moment that God wanted to enter in. And if you look at Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9. It says something very, this is one of the most famous prophecies, certainly that Daniel got. Again, this is about 700 years before the time of Christ. It will say that um, 70 weeks are determined upon the people and upon the holy city. Well, that's the Jewish people in the holy city of Jerusalem. To finish transgression and make an end of sins. And to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness. Seal up the vision and the prophecy to anoint the the most holy. Mm -hmm. Therefore... Understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Um, so what he's saying here in verse 26, and then after that three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off. He's saying that the Messiah is going to come within a seventy week. Now, oftentimes weeks back then meant years, so oh. seven years. I could show you when we look at prophecy starting in the new year. Okay. So this would be 490 years. So 490. From what? When the order was given to rebuild Jerusalem. Remember, they were in captivity. Daniel yes. was in captivity. Uh-huh. Well, the order is going to be given 490 years from the time they rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. If you run out the calendar, is the time when Jesus was born.
2: Oh, wow. Mm. And
0: he comes in. We're going to get into this prophecy in the new year. He comes in. He makes an end of transgression. Remember, he mm-hmm. threw his perfect sacrifice in But it says, and the Messiah will be cut off, mm. it means killed. It says that, be cut off, and in the midst of the week shall the sacrifice and the oblation cease, the overspreaded, and and they shall make desolate. In other words, the city and the temple are going to be destroyed right after he is cut off or killed. So here you have the Messiah coming at a specific time. Jerusalem and the temple are going to be destroyed, and the end of transgressions are made. So when you get these prophecies together, and again, it's kind of like a legal case, if you will. You're looking for evidence. You're looking for a preponderance of evidence. Wow, we looked at Micah, we looked at the place he was going to be born, we looked at uh, Isaiah 35, when the Messiah comes, he'll open blind eyes, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear. You have all this clustering of proof, 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 proof. Then it's ultimately up for each individual to to make a decision. It's a little like you can look at the proof all day. Jesus says, you search the scriptures, but you don't come to me. Mm. They testify of me. You could go to Joe's Deli and read that menu. You can memorize that menu. But it does you no good if you don't order and eat the food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> the yeah. Pharisees understood the Scriptures. As a matter of fact, when the wise men went into Jerusalem and they mm-hmm. talked to Herod, and they said to Herod, where is this king of the Jews to be born? Yeah. Well, of course, Herod's paranoid. He says, what king? You know, I mean, I thought I was the king. Yeah. But he calls the scribes and the uh, teachers of the law, people that knew the Old Testament well. And he says, where is this one to be born, this king of the Jews? And they said, Bethlehem. But they did not go to Bethlehem to worship the the Lord. mm -hmm. You can know the scriptures. Don't get me wrong. And it's good to know the scriptures. uh, Otherwise, we wouldn't do this show. Mm -hmm. But it's better to know the Savior. Do you understand? It's the difference between a menu and actually getting the food and partaking of the food.
2: Yeah. Again, John, um, the minute detail that really struck me as we were doing the research (coughs) is the fact that Micah 700 years before Christ. Said that uh, Jesus would be born in Bethlehem Ephrata. Yes. Because there's two. I never knew there was two Bethlehems. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a large So when when you take a look at that 700 years uh, before Christ, if it's not supernaturally guided, uh, and if this isn't the divine word, I, I I don't know what could be. Yeah. You know. I mean, well, how, how do you?
0: The, that's that's the thing. I mean, then, yeah. and then you come and you study in Matthew and Luke where we have the Christmas accounts given. Right. And, and then you have all of this um, names or attributes that are going to be given to Jesus. Uh, if you look at Luke, for example, uh, chapter, uh, two, uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke uh, chapter uh, 2? This is a famous prophecies that are given in, in the response of Elizabeth and Mary and, of uh-huh. course, uh, Jesus. uh the, his own birth okay. but it says uh, about Jesus when he comes where are you He will be called look at look at chapter two right, right. Uh, well look at look at chapter one some of his names here look at verse 76
1: okay. Okay. and you my child will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace.
0: Okay, so he's, this coming one is coming, and all these people are sitting in what's known as the shadow of death. Now their lives are, it's drudgery, they don't get victory over sin, and, it's, it, they're, and they're oppressed too because of the Romans at that time. But there's this coming one is going to come, and he's going to be the light of the world. You see, he's going to relieve this suffering. He's going to uplift this, these people. And so when you go to the next chapter, which is chapter 2, and look at verse 11. Look at some of the titles that he's called there.
1: Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace be peace to men on whom his favor rests
0: okay thank you Amanda. so here we have verse 11 for unto you is born this day in the city of david that's bethlehem mm-hmm. a savior mm-hmm. now if you go back to the old testament isaiah god says i am your savior there is none other mm-hmm. In other there was exclusivity god is the only savior here it's ascribed to this person that's going to be born in bethlehem which is the christ christ means we that's a greek word christus in hebrew it's mashiach or the messiah or in english we call the anointed one but you see this one coming is the christ well why is jesus the anointed one there was three offices in the old testament that they would pour oil or would anoint first one was a king remember when they anointed Mm -hmm. david they poured the oil okay well jesus is the perfect king he's the son of david he's the king of kings right okay second was a priest well, Jesus is a priest. After who? Melchizedek. Remember, he had no lineage, no beginning, no end. Mm-hmm. So he's the perfect. The third office was prophet. God told Moses back in Deuteronomy 18, after you leave, there's a prophet coming. He's going to be like you. The people must listen to him or they'll be cut off or judged. He's the he's the anointed office of priest, prophet, and king. Do mm. you understand? Jesus is the perfect anointed one. Never been anyone like that before, yeah. to mm-hmm. hold those three offices. Mm-hmm. And then it says... Wow. Uh, he is the, the Christ in verse eleven, which is Christ the Lord. Curios, yeah. this Lord is used of God. Hmm. I mean, so to your point, David, how can you? Again, he, he got, the scriptures don't allow us any wiggle room to say, oh, he was a great prophet, or he was a great teacher, or he was a revolutionary. You know, all these kind of nuts. Right. I deal with when I deal with my Muslim friends. I they think he's a great and holy prophet. I say, look. If he's just a prophet, he's a false prophet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you are not going to have a prophet saying the things where Jesus Mm -hmm. says he forgives sins, Mm -hmm. he receives worship. In Matthew 13, he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm coming back on calls of glory to judge mankind. You're not going to have Ezekiel and Isaiah saying these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Where two or three are gathered together, I'm in your midst. And the other title that's used at Christmas, of course, in Matthew, you shall call him Emmanuel. Yeah. What does Emmanuel mean? God, God is with us. With us. Yeah. See, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's the story of Christmas, that mm-hmm. God is now yes. with us. See, if you yeah. study in Genesis and take it all to Revelation, what is the biggest dilemma man has? He's separated from God. Yeah. An, an all-holy God cannot have fellowship with an all-sinful humanity mm-hmm. unless there's somebody deals with it and brokers the deal, forgives sins, takes the pain, takes the penalty for sin, does restoration work, and that's the God-man. Jesus Christ. So, uh, may, if you really love somebody, uh, a spouse, a wife, a friend, a child, a teammate, you want to be with that person, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And when you're away from that person, you you pine, you forlorn, you're you're kind of saddened. But when you're united with that person, yeah. that is what God always wanted: mm-hmm. God with us. And that's why at His birth He'll say He's called Emmanuel, and before His ascension He says. Go make disciples of all nations. And lo, I am with you. I'm I'm Emmanuel. I'm always with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And that's why as believers, Mm -hmm. we can take heart when Jesus says, I will never leave you Mm -hmm. nor forsake Mm -hmm. you. You know, man will leave you. Mm -hmm. Man will forsake you. We've probably done it in our own lives, emotionally or distanced ourselves from other people. Am I right? Yes. But Jesus promised, I will never leave you Mm -hmm. nor Mm -hmm. forsake you. We must never forget that. Maybe there's a listener today Mm -hmm. who feels far away from the Lord. Maybe they're confused. Maybe they're in doubt. Mm -hmm. But this Christmas season, understand what that means, Emmanuel. Yes. God is, Mm -hmm. you know, the same chapter in John where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, Mm -hmm. Emmanuel, and dwelt amongst us. And then it says, to as many as received him, there's your Christmas gift, to them he gave the power to become a child of God. Yes. There's only two things you can do when you receive a gift. What are your two options?
2: To receive you say it thank you, or reject
0: <laughs> it. To receive it or reject yeah. it. I guess the third would be to delay it. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. it. And God is not willing that any should perish. And to think that today is the day of salvation. Today the gift, your Christmas gift is there. right? right. For God yeah. so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. Think about it. For God, the greatest person in the universe. For God so loved the greatest emotion of all. The world, the greatest audience that he gave his only begotten Son the greatest gift, that whomsoever, the greatest invitation, uh, should receive him, the greatest operation, should not perish, the greatest warning, but have everlasting life, the greatest prize. What Mm -hmm. more do you want God to do? (laughs) That's why in the end zone they hold on John 3.16. We're not deserving of
2: any of it either. That's (laughs) right.
0: But David, you you had a couple discussion points I thought were pretty interesting, because we're coming to a close here.
2: Yeah. So um, one of the things we were talking about is the difference between Jesus and Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about that in the car. And uh, I thought this was pretty good. So there's a list here. Um, Santa comes but once a year. Jesus is an ever-present help. Santa fills your stockings with goodies. Mm -hmm. Jesus supplies all your needs. Mm -hmm. Santa comes down your chimney uninvited. Jesus stands at your door and knocks, and then enters your heart when invited. You have to wait in line to see Santa. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. To your point, John. Santa lets you sit on his lap. Jesus lets you rest in his arms. Santa doesn't know your name. All he can say is, hi, little boy, or hi, little girl, (laughs) what's your name? (laughs) Jesus knows our name before we were born. Not only does he know our name, he knows our address too. He knows our history and future, and he even knows how many hairs are on our heads. Santa has a belly like a bowl full of jelly. Jesus mm. has her heart full of love. All Santa can offer is ho, ho, ho. Jesus offers health, help, and hope. Mm. Santa says you better not cry. Jesus says cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. Uh, I'll just do one more, John. Um, Santa's little helpers make toys Jesus makes new life Men's wounded hearts Repairs
0: broken homes
2: And builds mansions
0: Thank you, David That's yeah. really clever yeah. But, you know, this question comes yeah. up And for me, it's a great point of discussion uh, yeah. I've always been in my Christian walk It's it, When I share the gospel It's not what I'm against mm-hmm. It's what I'm for mm-hmm. You know, Paul says I preach Christ and Him crucified yes. I'm not really into pointing out a person, you drink too much, you do yeah. this too much. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. The issue is having a relationship with God through the person, Christ yeah. Jesus. And if we focus on sins, uh, you know, Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You don't clean a fish before you catch it. Yeah. The problem isn't the sin. The problem is the relationship. Yeah, After that, you're going to have the power over sin. Right. But in terms of the phenomena of Santa Claus, the mythology of Santa Claus, here's the thing that's, that's a little concerning. It, it, as, it ascribes to him attributes that belong to God only. What do I mean? Uh, he knows when you've been good or bad, so for goodness sake. He yeah. sees you when you're? Sleeping. sleeping. He sees you when you're awake. Well, yeah. who sees us when we're sleeping or when awake? Well, he, Santa is not omniscient. He's right. not. Now, people might say, well, that's cute. Or it's, And then he says, he knows if you've been good or bad. For goodness sake, be right. Don't be not. It's focusing on our works. If you're good. He'll give you gifts. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. mm-hmm. that's not what the gospel is about. Yes. I cannot be good enough. All my good works are as filthy right. Mm-hmm. My acceptance to God is not based on John Martha's good deeds. It's based on Jesus Christ's great love yes. and sacrifice. Absolutely. And then it goes to the fact that it can also be a replacement for Christmas, the central figure of yes. Christmas, yeah. like Easter, that's the big one. I mean, if yeah. the, more and more the Easter Bunny or the Easter, these are mythologies. I'm quite honestly, and then he'll leave you a basket, and he'll leave you eggs, and he'll leave you jelly beans, and stuff. And people go, "That's cute. That's interesting." Yeah, but it's subtle. It just removes more and more from the central core. Of of the Christmas meaning mm-hmm. and message, mm-hmm. if you have, and again, I'm not uh, told, you know, against yeah. this, against oh, it, no, no. but, but <laughs> I do think more and more we should go back to the fact that well, what does Christmas mean? Why is Christ in Christmas? Mm-hmm. What happened at Christmas? It's not the winter solstice. Uh, the Santa Claus did not come down from the North Pole. Something happened to this planet. A, a mm. great gift was given to mankind. Mm-hmm. And the more we move it to that direction, the better. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and to have little children to go on his knees, and, and we're teaching them consumerism. What do yes. you want? Yeah. I want this, and I want that, and I want you know. It can, yeah, it could be a little problematic. Yeah. Well, mom and dad worked three jobs so they could provide this little bicycle. <laughs> not this guy with a beard. They said the average
2: American goes in debt for uh, two to three months after wow. Christmas, where it takes them that long to pay off their credit card. Gift giving, yeah. I like in the yeah. sense
0: that it, it tells us that a gift was given mm-hmm. to us for God's so love of yes. the world that He gave. Yes. I like that element but i think we should use these things even the christmas tree Mm -hmm. uh, to point to an evergreen that even in the you know psalm one about the righteous man he's planted by rivers of water he'll bring forth fruit his leaf in all seasons it speaks to the tree of life you know it's kind of like that kind of thing is Mm -hmm. going on but if we can use popular cultural phenomena, Mm -hmm. this christmas tree santa claus and to direct it or for conversation to the person of jesus because yes. when my wife and I, Marie, we teach new missionaries, that's one of the things we do in, when we go back to Philadelphia now, uh, we say three, four things when you want to share the gospel. Number one, um, before you tell somebody about Jesus, tell Jesus about that somebody. Mm-hmm. In other words, pray that God yeah. gives you an opening. You know? yeah. Number two, build trust. Build a relationship. Don't try to convert the person. You know, because people know that you got some kind of uh, motive. What are you trying to do to me here? Just build trust. Build a relationship like Jesus did with the woman at the Well of Samaria. Yeah. I always say, people want to buy, but they don't want to be sold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't try yeah, to hustle. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's number yeah. two. Number three, create curiosity about Jesus. Mm. Okay, what do you think about Santa Claus? You know, okay, tell me more. Do you think, what about, you know, so just create curiosity that's what Paul did in Athens when he says I see you have many idols here let me tell you about the one with no name over here okay just create. and number four always always be ready to share your testimony yeah mm-hmm. you are the world's expert on what <clears throat> happened to you yes sir. now people might deny it ridicule it whatever but when you share it once I was lost now I'm mm-hmm. found once I was blind now but I now I see yes. you are the world's expert and th- and that's mm-hmm. it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. so the use I always remember I those like four that, yes. rules, yes. Yeah. principles. Yeah, yes. that's a great so, way to look at it. Yeah. Um, but I think you bring up a good thing about Seneca. I think we should use everything uh, that we can uh, to, to draw people to Christ. For example, for uh, when you think of Memorial Day or Fourth of July, and we think, okay, well, people died that we might have our freedom, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. we think mm-hmm. of World War II, there's a man going to take over the world like mm-hmm. Hitler, that but these people. Soldiers go forth and they shed their blood. They give their life. And we have freedom today. But did somebody shed their blood and give their life that we have ultimate freedom? Yes. You can point them to the person of yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, I you like that. That's a great way to Use to themes. Yeah. Use commercials. Use yeah. a pencil. You know, I'll I tell the gospel on a penny. I'll use anything I can grab. <laughs> you see know what I'm saying? Yeah. But always try to take them back to the gospel. Yeah. And always try to be for something and get, rather than against things. Yeah. Because often people will say, well, I don't like Christians because... They're hypocritical or they're judgmental. Do you ever yeah. hear that? Well, yeah. my friend used to say that. I don't become a Christian because there's too many hypocrites. And I says, Well, if a hypocrite is becoming coming between you and God, that means a hypocrite is closer to God than you are. Mm-hmm. He goes, So we only have a couple minutes. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts for the year. And, uh, it's it, been
1: a great year. Um, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for our team. I look yes, forward to a yes. greater 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, For our listeners, we wish you a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we pray that greater comes in your 2018. For those who are grieving, maybe someone, you lost someone or you're thinking of someone uh, this year or maybe 20 years ago. I lost my mother in Mm. 2001. And some days I'm okay and then some days I grieve like it happened yesterday. Know that it is okay. Mm -hmm. And know that you have someone praying for you you may not know us personally but when we when we pray and ask the lord to heal the broken heart that includes you Mm -hmm. so just 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 be encouraged and just know that the lord loves you and so do we Mm very good thank you david and
2: you know john um one of our friends who's uh an avid listener to our show his uh father mark his father passed away uh, this week and, and our thoughts and prayers are out with his family mm-hmm. and also uh, yes, a good ma'am. friend of mine passed away this week and our thoughts and prayers are out with Susan and uh, her family this holiday season will be yes. the first season without without him so you know at the end of the day I, I feel very blessed to be here I'm grateful yes. uh John for your mentorship and Absolutely. for your friendship Wanda Absolutely. and I'm looking forward to a great 2018 yes. with the guests we have coming yes. in and uh, with, I hope, uh, just the great work that this show is
0: going to yeah, do. Absolutely. Thank you, David. Thank you, Wanda. And, sh- and my own thoughts on this past year. It's been a great year. Mm-hmm. We see many answers to mm-hmm. prayer. We yes. see many blessings of God. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the show. Thank you, Wanda, for faithfully coming every Saturday. Absolutely. Yes, we hooking appreciate Hooking the right that. wires yeah. and the right lights yeah. and buds <laughs> and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I believe God's going to expand this by, by faith, you yes. know, mm-hmm. in, in a, in, uh, locally, nationally. I hope to promote ministries but more than anything really we want to glorify God. Yes, yes that's of story. It's all about. Yeah. To glorify God, to see his kingdom extended, disciples made, the lost come to know. Yes. And as Wanda says, maybe somebody out there today is really hurting. They're yes. going through a deep valley. And maybe lost somebody. You know, we always, each one of us talked about something. I lost my brother I was very close to two years ago. But but something someone once said to me, he says, you know, if you know where something is at, you haven't lost it. Yeah. If you know where something is at, you haven't lost it. Yeah, that's good. And when our loved ones go that know Jesus... It's just a short span of time. Right. We're going to be mm-hmm. with them again. Yeah. And so, uh, going forward, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist. I just believe God's got great things in store for us. Always remember God's phone number. When I was, you know, back mm-hmm. when I came to Christ through the Jesus people, they go, always remember God's phone number, John. Mm-hmm. I go, what is it? They go, J E three three three. I go, what does that mean? Jeremiah thirty three three. Call upon me, and I <laughs> and I will show the <laughs> great and mighty things that they'll know That's us funny. not. Yes. You call upon me. And uh, you know, we, back then our That's theology the was <laughs> <you> taught me. <laughs> They'd always tell me call there's God's phone number. <laughs> so God that. bless you all. And again, uh, we look forward to a great year. You know, we look we have a great God. And uh, let me just close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we yes. thank you for this year. Yes. Thank you, Father. And I ask a special blessing on all our listeners, Lord, believers, unbelievers, curious, critics, cynics, Whatever, Lord. We just thank you for this microphone. We thank you for this station. We ask you to bless Mark Ballard and his family uh, for providing. We pray, Lord, for favor going forward that this station can continue uh, to be rightly funded. all the uh, logistics in place. I ask a special blessing upon Wanda and her family and her career. Just bless her and the works of her hands and her influence. I bless David and and for Marilyn and for Tegan and Tristan, Lord, and all that they do and just incredible Mm -hmm. uh, answers to prayer there, Lord. And again, Lord, uh, I pray for the listeners, Lord. Just bless them, Lord, in this season, particularly, Lord, uh, when you entered in Emmanuel, God with us. And so again, Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for this station, and we give you all the credit for it, Lord. Uh, For your glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody.